Praise the Lord. But God is good. We, uh, we got into a few areas last night where we began to realize that, that God does everything that he does through his Holy Spirit. And if it wasn't for the Spirit of God, we would not be able to accomplish the works of God. And so as much as Jesus relied upon the Holy Spirit to accomplish what he had to do, we have to rely upon the Holy Spirit to accomplish what we have been asked to do. And it's very important then that one of the most important things that you and I have to accomplish in this day and age in which we live is to get to know the Holy Spirit, to get to know how he, how he moves, how he ministers, how he speaks to us, how the voice of God is communicated through him to us. Because as soon as we come to a point where we begin to see him as our eternal partner, as the one that's with us wherever we go, the sooner we will begin to rely upon him instead of upon our own strength and our own power. And so often we want to do things for God so bad that we step out, you know, in foolishness rather than in faith. And faith is a requirement to please God. But God says faith is based on trust, and he says trust in me is the only thing that's going to cause you to accomplish my will. So... It's very difficult for us as human beings to leave our earthly realm long enough to get in touch with the heavenly realm in order to accomplish what God has asked us to do. Because we're so much in touch with our surroundings that we find it difficult to disconnect. You know, and one of the areas where we have always noticed, you know, where, where we begin to actually come in contact with the Spirit of God is when we, for example, if we praise and worship the Lord, you know, often people say, why do we have to spend so much time in praise and worship? And I always tell my congregation, because we need to just disconnect from the world for a minute. We just need to disconnect from our, our weeks of activities and all the thoughts and, you know, and the cooking you got to do this afternoon and the people that are coming over and all that stuff that keeps your brain occupied. We need to just, you know, put that on hold for a minute and allow the Spirit of God to come and refresh us and give us, you know, give us the concentration that we need to hear the voice of God. And when you come to church, you know, the Holy Spirit is here to, to teach you and to equip you. As the pastor speaks, as other people speak, as the word's being spoken, the word is revelatory. So it always leaves something behind that's going to cause you to expand your, your thinking, your, 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 your actual relationship with the Lord. But it's, it's, I always say the Word of God is eternal. So every word that God speaks has an eternal purpose. So, you know, when you come to church, you, you're expecting to receive, and the Holy Spirit is here to cause you to receive. So as you open up your heart to what God wants to say and do, the more the Holy Spirit has a chance to deposit what the Father wants you to have. You know, you can go to church. There's some church services you can go to, and you can go home, and you can feel like you didn't get anything. And there's other services you go to, and you might be one of a few that will say, wow, that was the best message I've ever heard. And you may talk to others about it, and they go, well, you know, it was okay. And you say, what do you mean it was okay? You know, it was great. I mean, it was powerful, you know. And that's because the Holy Spirit, you know, touched you in an area where you really needed it and gave you a revelation which was intended for you to understand the Father's will. And it's not that the other stone don't have an understanding, but it means that their season just hasn't come yet. And a lot of times we think that, you know, God puts us all into one big boat and, and is trying to give us all the same thing at the same time. But I have discovered that the Holy Spirit is very individualized. 
And that God has, you know, just like he says, you know, the hairs in your head are numbered. We always like to use that scripture. We think it's really funny, you know. Some people say, well, he doesn't have a big job with me. Others say, well, I do. And, but, you know, what God's basically saying is, I know you. I created you. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And everything that God does is very personalized. And there's, you know, even though we may see the calling of someone's life repeated in the life of someone else, the personality that is associated with that calling will cause a difference between the two individuals. And so you can never be the same thing as the, one, as the person beside you because God has created you as an individual and has an individual calling for you. Now, we know the body has many members, and every member has a function. Now, we could probably say, well, there's only so many functions. But you have to understand that even in the body at large, as we look at the body of Christ, you know, it's a mass, it's huge. You know, there's millions, there's billions of Christians in this world. And there are so many aspects of what God can do in each individual that is different from the next. And I really feel that we need to understand that as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, it's a, it's a personalized message. It's a personalized message. So it has, a, it has an anointing that's intended for you. This is why often when you read the Word of God and, and you, you've read certain passages several times and all of a sudden a passage jumps out at you and you get all excited about it, and you go, wow, I've never seen this before, which is not really true because you've read it many times. But it's just that the, the, the time has come for the Holy Spirit to reveal something to you that's very personal and intended for your use. And I feel that, that the more we begin to, re- begin to rely on the Holy Spirit as we walk with Him and as we go about our daily tasks, the more we get to know Him and how He works through us. And it's important that we understand that, he, that your perception of the Holy Spirit is going to be different than your neighbor. Okay, it's still the same Holy Spirit, but because you are a person and your personality operates different than other people's does, your giftings, your callings, uh, you know, your temperaments, all those aspects are so different for each and every one of us that how you perceive how God ministers through you may be different than how somebody else perceives it. That does not mean that one can say, oh, well, I'm hearing from God and you're not. It just means that we have gotten to know the Holy Spirit and how he ministers through us. Georgette has an excellent ministry. And... You know, she's called to this ministry, and I've recognized that for many, many years, and she's doing an excellent job. But there are things in her ministry that I could not do, and we know that. And we often say, honey, don't, don't expect me to do that because I can't do that. But we've come to a point where we realize that our giftings differ. And there are things that, that the Lord is calling me to do that she says, oh, I can't do that. But I'm so glad that you can and that God's called you to do that, so we fit very well together. And I think in every aspect, the church is the same way. And as the body of Christ is being fitly joined together, God is placing us here with individual callings, but that begin to complement each other. So it's not like he's separating us and sending us into different parts, you know, of, of the city, but he's keeping us together in order to make sure that the body's complete. And that in every aspect, the Holy Spirit can do what needs to be done. Because as he begins to train and educate the body, the body as a whole can be more effective than the individual. So if you're going to be, if you're going to do the works of God in this city, you're not going to be doing them in the name of yourself. Yeah? You're going to be doing them in the name of the Father. But the Father says, I have a body. And the body is, is this fellowship for you. So it's actually the fellowship as a whole that's going out there to do the works of God. So even though there's an individual uh, uh, you know, an individual, how can I say, partner, as, as, you, as you partner with the Holy Spirit on a very individual basis, you are coming together for a common goal. Mm. 
So let's never forget that, okay? That the Lord's not just going to send us out just to do our own thing. Now, uh, if we're going to do the works of God and impact the world for Him, we need to understand exactly what He wants us to do. And this is one of the issues that I find that most Christians battle with. What does God want me to do? And besides the fact that I need to go and heal the sick and deliver people and all these kinds of things, you know, how does that look in the 21st century? And, and how do we deal with that in the world in which we live today? One of the first things we need to realize is that, that God, you know, to understand God and to understand the Holy Spirit, you cannot go by your natural senses. Okay, your natural senses are intended for this world, are intended for you to, uh, to get around in this world, what you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you touch, all those things are there so you can operate in this world. But God says, in my world, I've given you different senses. I've given you spiritual senses. And so one of the greatest breakthroughs that you and I can possibly have is to understand how the spiritual senses that God has given us work and to get in touch with those so that we can step from one realm into another. And if we look at this realm in which we live as the only one that exists, we'll never get in touch with God's realm. And if we use the tools and the things that God has you know, created within us as a human being, if we use those for living on the earth to try and connect with His kingdom, we won't succeed either. So God has said, I've, re I've reconnected through the Spirit of God, through your rebirth, you've been reconnected with God. And when you got reconnected, He reconnected you in, with His realm through the spiritual senses that He gave you. And it's important that we get in touch with those. So there's a couple of scriptures I want to share with you this morning. I've got a, a heading here that says, nothing will remain hidden. What I mean by that is that God says, I have secrets. I have things that I want to share with you. And they're not intended for anyone else but my children. But in order to understand the hidden things of God, we're going to have to understand how to get in touch with those things. So we're going to share a few scriptures with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, keep that in mind. Now, go to verse 14. Look what he says. He says, But the natural man doesn't understand those things because he can't receive them, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So Paul makes it very clear. There are things that God has reserved, things you cannot see with your natural eyes, things you cannot hear with your natural ears, things that God has reserved for those who love him. And we love God. We love the Father, so they are reserved for us, not for the natural man because he cannot understand them. Then in verse 10 to verse 12, it says, but God has revealed them unto us. And how do you do this? Through His Spirit. Through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So now we have received not the Spirit of the world. Not, when we got reborn, we didn't receive the Spirit of the world. Okay, but the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that we've been freely given to us by God, so that we might know those things that come from the Father, that we might know the secrets of the Father, that we might know everything we need to know that the Father is already aware of. And those are the things He wants to reveal to you and I. He wants us to see them, He wants us to hear them, and not with our natural ears and our natural eyes, but with our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes. One of the most difficult steps that we have is to get in touch with our spiritual senses, as I said. So this is one of the areas where we're going to have to practice and where we're going to have to understand that the Father's heart is revealed to us through His Holy Spirit. That's where 
things are going to be able to be seen. The, you know, dreams, visions. I mean, he uses his word. Uh, there, there's so many aspects, the spoken word, the written word, you know, uh, the gifts of the Spirit. There are so many avenues that God uses in order to demonstrate to us that he's getting in touch with us, that he's talking to us, that he wants us to, you know, begin to uh, walk in that dimension of life, you know. So there's plenty of ways that the Holy Spirit works and tries to get in touch with us. And just like, you know, just like we have our spiritual, uh, our physical senses, we also have our spiritual senses. Now, God wants us to get in touch with those. He wants to get in touch with our spiritual senses. And in Ephesians 1.18, is an interesting scripture. It speaks of the eye of the heart. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened or opened so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Ephesians 1.18. talks about the eyes of our heart. You know, when you read a scripture like that, you're wondering, you know, what does that look like? Does my heart have a couple of eyes or, uh, you know, how am I supposed to imagine something like that? And, uh, you know, if God's going to open, you know, the eyes of my heart, you know, how am I supposed to see that? But I don't know if you know a song we used to sing, you know, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart that I may see you. You know, so there's, you know, we've already realized that there's something that needs to be opened so that we can have a visual revelation of what God's trying to show us. And, you know, and we're, we're at a point sometimes as humans where we're thinking, yeah, how's that going to work? You know, where does that come from? But I've learned that the Spirit of God is our physical eyes. The Spirit of God is our physical ears. And everything that has to do with God, has to do with the Father, is transmitted to us through His Holy Spirit. So if He's the one that's going to see for me what I know the Father gives Him to see, if He's the one that's going to hear what I know the Father gives Him to speak and give that to me, then I'm the one that has to be on the receiving side. So I have to understand how those things are being transmitted to me. I have to understand how I can pick up and tune into those things so I can be in tune with God, so I know exactly what's required of me. And the interesting thing is that, you know, we have a mind, and, uh, you know, we use our mind for many things. You know, we study, we learn, and we're constantly changing. But when we got born again, when we got born again, you know, a new man was created, you know, the Spirit of God came in and began to, at, at the same time that we were, you know, born again, we, we, we became a new creation. We began to think differently. Remember that? We talked about that a little bit last night. You know, my born-again experience, I, I began to do things different. I thought different because the Spirit of God is beginning to infiltrate my thinking, beginning to cause me to change. Paul says, too, in Romans, he says, we need to renew our minds. We need to retrain. We need to think. So the Spirit of God is busy doing that through the Word of God and causing us to have a different mindset. My mindset was changed when I got to know Jesus. But you know, the beautiful thing about your mind is, is that God created it. And one of the strongest things that God gave us is a spiritual mindset, a spiritual perception. When we talk about faith, faith says, God says faith is, you know, to believe in those things that are not seen, but call them as if they are. In other words, you are imagining something, and I'm, I'm very cautious in how I use the word imagine, but you are seeing something, imagining something that God has placed within. He's given you a picture of something. You've gotten a vision, and God's confirmed this, and you say, I'm going to stand in for that, and everybody around you will say, yes, but it's not there yet. You say, I know, but my faith has taught me. I, I've seen it. 
So often, when the Spirit reveals something to us, we can already see it before it exists. And, and that's very much necessary, because if you don't have a vision, you can't accomplish anything, because you, you don't know where you're going to. So, you know, I've often said to people, I said, faith, people make faith sound very difficult, but, you know, if, if a little child has a birthday coming up, and her father goes to the child and says, you know, honey, what would you like to have for your birthday? He said, Papa, I'd like to have a bicycle. Just any bicycle? No, 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 it has to be a special bicycle. And she describes it, and he knows how expensive it is, and, you know, he goes, well, honey, I don't know, we'll just have to see, because, you know, those things are expensive. You know how fathers are, you know, you want to do your best. So anyway, so the little girl goes away. Now, what happens at that point in time is, if he's a good father, which I'm sure he is, his first thought is, that's exactly what I'm going to get her. The girl goes away not knowing, but she's asked for it. She asked for something, but for the father, there's already a fact, but the reality of it is not going to take place until her birthday comes. That's faith. So if you compare that to the Father in heaven, from the time that you ask, it's actually already done. And even though you don't see it happening just yet, the little girl is going to keep on believing, I'm going to get a bicycle. Her father never said that, that she would get one, but he said, well, work on it. But she's believing because she knows she has a good papa. So because we know we have a good father, we know we can begin to take those steps and walk it out in faith, realizing that that day is going to come where we're going to see the reality of it. Now... In order for you to walk in this world, knowing that God has called you to do something, you have to have a vision, you have to have a picture, you have to have something. So the first thing that happens is the Holy Spirit begins to infiltrate your mind as you allow Him to, and I hope you do, and He's going to give you a picture. Now, you know, a lot of people think that if we, if we work with our minds, you know, we're going to get into trouble. But if we allow this to be under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's very powerful. It's, I, feel, I believe that we have a godly... Uh, perception, a godly perception of things that God desires to give us. Now, for example, if, if we do a little exercise this morning, if I say to you, um, think of an apple tree. Okay, I've just, just think of an apple tree. What do you see? Can you picture it? Is there anybody here that just got a picture of a pear tree? Nobody. Why not? Because the word was apple tree. So, as soon as you hear the word apple tree, everybody begins to perceive in his mind a picture of an apple tree. If I go to somebody else, what are you thinking about an apple tree, Pastor John? Okay, very good. You think about an apple tree. The reality of that apple tree was formed in your mindset through something that was said. When the Holy Spirit speaks, which is very similar to that, when the Spirit presses something upon your heart, He will give you a picture. He will give you a vision. He will place something within you that is so real for you that for you it, it exists. Even though it cannot be seen, even though it does not at that point physically exist, it exists in the spirit realm. This is the power that God has given to our mind. And a renewed mind in the spirit of God is so powerful that God can give us visions and dreams, can cause us to see things that are not visible in this natural world, but he's going to reveal the hidden things to us so that we can be a step ahead of everybody else. Amen. Now, when it talks about hearing, you know, in the perception of hearing... When, you know, sometimes, I don't know how it is for you, but sometimes you hum a tune. You know, you're working and all of a sudden you're just humming a song and you're, oh, you think, where'd that come from, you know? And you can do that and you can think of the song and all this is transpired while you're not hearing anything naturally. 
So in other words, there's no radio nearby playing the song. There's nobody humming it for you. It's in your mind. And it's like, man, you got it. Like, it's, it's just a go. And if somebody's looking at you, it's going, hey, man, he's got a song, you know. I'm just listening to a song. You know, and, and we wonder, well, how is that possible? That's the power that God has placed within our minds to perceive those things that are not visibly seen but can be heard. So if we carry all that over into the spirit realm, we can see how God is going to connect this with our spiritual senses, that yes, the Holy Spirit can give us uh, something that we can hear. Yes, the Holy Spirit can give us something that we can see. And with that, he's going to walk it out until it is a reality. So we're actually constantly learning. I've gotten to a point where I, I look at this world and I don't see this world or what I see as, as final. It's not the finality of things. You know, when, when faith begins to be activated, and, and you know, and faith, I must admit, one of the most important times where you really need faith is when you're in difficult circumstances. Oh, God, give me faith to stand, you know? Give me faith to believe. And, you know, in order to do that, we should not be looking at our circumstances because our circumstances don't give us the final picture. Because if God has already said to us that something's going to happen, he's going to heal, he's going to deliver, he's going to change the situation, then it's not good for us to look at the situation and allow the natural circumstances to override what the Spirit has already told us. So we've got to continue to be in control of the fact that the Holy Spirit and God has already told us things are going to break through. That's why people struggle when we say to someone who knows we're in difficult circumstances, when we begin to confess everything's going to be fine, because they, not knowing the Spirit of God, and I'm talking about the natural man, will come and say, thinking it's foolishness, not understanding the things of God, they will say to you, what are you talking about? I can still see all these situations in your life. There's nothing better. You know, and then we are the ones that are going to have to stand and say, well, I understand that you can't see it, but God has given me a different picture, and that's the picture I'm going with. That's the picture I'm standing in in faith, and I know the end result is going to be good. Yeah. And that's the path that God has caused, uh, caused us to walk. He's chosen for us to walk. And this is something that you can exercise each and every day of your life. I have learned to understand that God's going to speak to me through everything that is around me. He can speak to me through individuals. He can speak to me through objects. He can speak to me through situations. And I have learned to ask God to speak to me through those things so that I can have an understanding of the true meaning of what I'm seeing. And this is so important for us today because often we look at things and we don't understand and comprehend the full meaning of it. And we need to ask God what he's really trying to show us. There's a scripture in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12. Ears that hear, he says. The Lord has given us ears that hear and eyes that see, and he's made them both. I believe the Holy Spirit is there to reveal the hidden things of God to us. And in order to do that, I was thinking of the story, actually, of Second Kings of Elijah in 2 Kings 6, where, um, I don't know if I have that up there anywhere. Let me just have a look. Yeah, where his servant was not able to see what Elisha could see. And uh, do you remember that story? And he was really afraid. And by the way, fear will, uh, will take away all faith. Okay, so just so you know why he wasn't able to see. He was full of fear. And he couldn't see. And Elisha, of course, the prophet could see it. And he needed to be able to see that. But the beauty of what I find about this story is that the prophet was able to see through the natural realm in order to observe the spiritual side. 
okay? So our lives, if we're going to do the works of God, the first hurdle we have to overcome is that we have to break through the natural realm in order to enter into the spiritual and see what's happening. What, what are we dealing with? Okay? We can no longer look at it as a natural process. We need to begin to look at it as a spiritual process. And, you know, and I think it's so great in this story that the prophet was capable of looking at all the things that anybody would have been scared half to death of. You know, and he was totally at peace with God. And because it was like for him like a curtain that just, oh, we'll just push this aside. See, there's the real picture. looks good. You know? And when he asked God to open the eyes of the servant, that's basically what happened. He took away that fog. He took away that curtain and just opened that up and says, okay, well, let him see what I see. You know, oh, okay, we're fine. You know, we're going to do good. Come on, bring it on. You know, we're ready to fight here. And I think so often, you know, we need to learn not to accept the natural thing that's before our eyes, but realize that our eyes need to be opened in order to see the spiritual things. Now, Paul had something interesting to say in 2 Corinthians 4.18. He said, We don't look at the things which are seen. Well, I agree. But at the things which are not seen. Yeah, Yeah, help me, Lord, to see those things that can't be seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So every time you're in a situation of, of difficulty, challenges, you know, that's all just temporary, guys. It really is just temporary, okay? But what God does, that's eternal. And that's what we need to go, and that's what we need to head for. So he says, we look at the things which are not seen. And to me, that means looking for the true picture, a picture that alone God can give us. I've learned over the years that everything is subject to change. Okay, everything is subject to change. Whatever situation you're in is subject. Why? Because God has the last word. For us as Christians, you know, we have to believe that God has the last word. And we need to trust the Father in that and not just give in and say, nah, you know, whatever happens, happens. No, God has the last word. This is so important. Jesus did a lot of miracles. He did a lot of wonders. And he demonstrated the principle that everything is subject to change. You know, when we look at the natural world, we have to understand, I don't know if you, if you really know this or not, but the natural world, the natural realm runs parallel with the spiritual realm. And as much as people think that the natural realm is the dominating factor, they are very wrong because the spiritual realm is the dominating factor. So whatever happens in the natural realm has to originate in the spiritual realm because it affects the natural realm. When God is spirit and when God spoke, he created, right? Before the earth was created, everything was void. So God spoke, the spirit hovered over the God spoke and God spoke and something materialized, So the spiritual rules over the material matter. That's why everything in this world is subject to change. Why? Because the Father created it, and if he don't like it, he can change it. He can make the sun stand still. He can can put an extra day in. Uh, He can put an extra star up there. He can do all these things and many of these stories we can find back in the Old Testament. So we need to understand then that if we're going to change anything in the natural realm, we're going to have to have some spiritual input. Because only what the Spirit gives us can bring about change. And Jesus demonstrated this. Jesus demonstrated that nothing what we see is unchangeable. Everything is changeable. And for example, when he turned water into wine, you know, the factual substance here is water. For us as human beings, we say, this is water. 
you're drinking water. Jesus said, I desire this water to be wine. I'm going to overrule the natural laws, the laws of nature, because the laws of the spirit are stronger and all more powerful. And I'm going to use the spiritual realm to change the natural realm. And he turns into water, into wine. When an empty boat ended up full of fish, the factual visible substance here was an empty boat. What was visible was an empty boat. And that's that it caught no fish. And that's what the disciples were looking at. And that's why they were so frustrated. You know, Master, we fished all night. We didn't, you know, we didn't get anything. You know, and what did he say? You know, put your net out on the other side of the boat. In other words, he began to speak in the spirit realm something into existence. Even if he had to alter the laws of nature to do it, he was capable of doing that because the spiritual rules over the natural. When two loaves and bread and five fishes were fed uh, 5,000 people, the factual substance, of course, was five loaves and two fishes. Just what you and I could see, what every other person on the earth would have been able to tell you was, yeah, there's five loaves and two fishes. The disciples said that's never going to be enough to feed all the people. They were not ready yet to step into that spiritual realm and, and, and do the works of Jesus, if you want to call that at that point. But they were in doubt as to whether or not that was going to suffice to feed all these people. But Jesus knew that the spiritual realm, the realm of his father, his father's, uh, uh, his father's will was much stronger than whatever these men could see on the earth. So he saw already all these people fed. So he said, look, guys, it's done. Let me pray and go ahead and feed them. And they began to feed them and it multiplied and it was more than sufficient. Yeah, when a man was dead for three days. <laughs> you remember Lazarus, the raising of Lazarus? An amazing story. The factual visible substance here, of course, is that Lazarus was dead. Yeah. He was dead. And, they, and, and, and the disciples said, man, he's been dead for three days. I mean, he stinks, you know. I mean, come on. His body is decomposing. That's, that's the natural law. You know, a body's going to die. It's going to decompose. And, and it's going to stink, you know. And Jesus was in no hurry. You know, when he finally got there, to the glory of God, he raised Lazarus from the death. In other words, he said, yeah, this may be what you're involved in. This may be what your natural senses tell you, but you've got to learn what the spiritual senses. You've got to learn what my father sees, and my father sees him alive. And all I have to do at this point in time is obey the father. And the father says, speak and bring him back, and all I'm doing is speaking. And he came back to life again. Jesus says, I'm, you know, you need to understand what the father wants to do. You need to understand how he wants to move in your life and how he can bring these things about that we think are not possible. You know, uh, when a fish brought money to pay the I mean, it's an amazing story to pay the taxes. I mean, you know, <laughs> how many of us would have gone out fishing if, you know, <laughs> after the Holy Spirit told us there's some money in that belly of that fish, you know, why don't you go catch it? And it's like, what are the chances of catching this one fish? Right? I mean, all of those are, and, and in Holland, you know, people love the fishes, you know. You know, they're, they're sitting there for all day long, little tents and everything, you know, real comfortable. And, you know, and they'll tell you it's not easy to catch fish, especially certain types of fish. But, you know, the chances of being able to do that are just, just yeah, I don't know. It's just not possible. Yeah. But, you know, to see the fact that there's a fish and uh, that Jesus could use that. And so I've learned that, that God wants us to understand that if we're going to do the works of God, we have to first of all understand that everything we see on the face of this earth is subject to change. It's subject to change because the Father overrules it. He created it. He can do with it what He wants. He can correct it, not correct it, whatever the Father wants to do. He's sovereign. I'm not going to tell God what to do, but I know He can change anything He wants to. He can do the impossible. 
So if we're connected to this world, and we're children of the Father, and the Father says, you know, Jesus has done my will, and he's now sitting on my right hand, and I've sent my spirit to help you to do my will, and the Father is now busy equipping us through his spirit to do the same works that Jesus did, and even greater things. We're actually in a position where we are going to see things happen on the face of this earth that are not going to be understood by the human mind anymore because they're going to be a spiritual or they're going to have a spiritual origin. And they're going to overrule the laws of nature. You know when doctors are astounded sometimes, you know, when you pray for people and actually a real miracle takes place? It doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes a big miracle takes place. And doctors, you know, they have all the pictures and x-ray pictures and, oh, we don't understand this. And, you know, reluctantly they want to say, well, it looks like something might have happened there, you know. And they don't really want to say God did it, but you know how it is. You know, you know that's, that's, when, that's when you have the confirmation that a greater power interacted into the law of humanity in order to change what they said is not possible through their human knowledge in order to show that we have a greater God and he can overpower that anytime he wants. Amen. And if we're going to do the works of God, we have to understand that we're not going to be able to do it with the natural senses. But we're going to have to get to a point where we begin to walk into a realm that God has created for us. I call it the realm of the spirit. And I don't mean that we then have to climb on a cloud, you know, pretend like we're really something. Now, ooh, you know, come on down, man. You know, get back down to earth. But it just means that we have to walk daily uh, in, in, a, in a way where we observe what the spirit wants to do. That we don't, we, we don't just wait till Sunday We'll wait till we have a conference, you know. Now we're really going to get into the spirit. You know, God, God, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. No, we're going to have to do this on a daily basis. And just expect God, you know, to bring about change in the everyday situation. Georgia, speak. Testing, one, two, three. So practically for you today, this is a very, uh, very beautiful spiritual uh, law that John is teaching you, but practically, last night, some of you received prophetic words. How many of you received prophetic words last night? Now, are you going to write that word down? And that's your, the Holy Spirit speaking. Are you going to do anything with it? Are you going to see the picture he's given you and walk in it? That's your, this is how you can make this practical. Those of you, it, the rest of you will also receive prophetic words. We're going to make sure everyone gets ministry this weekend. And uh, so that's how I want you now You've got your prophetic word, write it down on paper, look at the picture that the Holy Spirit has given you for your life, for your situation, and walk it as he says it, okay? Amen. Amen, thank you. Thank you. That's why we work together. <laughs> so in all these situations, Jesus changed what was seen in the natural realm and he made it visible in another way in order to represent the heart of the Father. You know, everything Jesus did was not so that he could, he could boast, you know. He says, I can turn water into wine, you know. Do you want some wine? Here, watch, you know. None of it. <laughs> you know how we humans are, you know. You want to be healed? Come here, you, you know. Forget it. I talked to you about, you know, acting on our own strength and our own foolishness, and the result will be very foolish. You will look foolish, the world will look foolish, God will look foolish, and that's not the, his intent. So <laughs> we, we shouldn't be doing that. But, you know, he was, everything that Jesus did represented the heart of the Father. 
you know, he had compassion. He, he loved the people. You know, he, he wanted to go to certain people to really pour his heart out to him. And he was basically saying to him, it's the heart of the Father. I represent the heart of the Father. You're being healed today because that's the heart of the Father. You're being provided for because that's the heart of the Father. In all these areas, he was demonstrating the heart of the Father. And so it, it's so important to see that God is not bound, you know, by what we determine as reality. And I'm just going to sum this up again. We see water and he sees wine. Okay, we see an empty boat, he sees it full of fish. We see five loaves, two fish, he sees enough to feed 5,000 people. We see someone dead, he sees them alive. We see a fish, he sees a way to get money to pay the taxes. You know, the concept of God is, is, so, is so foreign to us, it's so different to us that like I say, if we remain too much in this natural realm, we will not be able to connect with the spiritual realm. And if we, if we try to bargain and if we try to, you know, do it half-half, it's not going to work out. It'll be a hit-and-miss situation, and we don't want that either. So we literally have to learn to begin to walk in the Spirit if we're going to do the works of God. And to know that when, when the Spirit speaks to us, that it's time for us to act. It's time for us to do something in order to, you know, to prove that God is really at work here. So the whole process really starts with the perception of uh, what God would like to see. Yeah, the Holy Spirit, he, he awakens our spiritual sight. He causes us to see the things that we normally could not see, we normally could not perceive. And he's the one that gives us those eyes to see those. He wants us to see a picture of what God wants to give us. You know, I often say to people, look, I said, if you don't like what you see, if you're in a challenging situation and you look at your natural circumstances and you have a very good understanding of what's going on and you're saying to yourself, I don't like it, then ask the Father to give you the picture from His heart what He sees or what He would like to see. In other words, if my picture is not okay, if my circumstances don't represent what I know the Father would really like to see happen in my life, based on the Word of God, based on the knowledge we have of the Word, then we need to get a different picture. Then I need to go to God and say, Father, I got the wrong picture here. And I, I, need, I need a picture of what you're seeing here in this situation. Father, download that picture into my heart so I can begin to walk in faith towards that goal, towards that end. And, you know, this is the important thing about connecting with the Spirit of God is understanding that He wants to give us a different insight. He wants us to see through the spiritual realm. He wants us to hear through the spiritual realm. He wants us to tell us things that we can't pick up in any normal way, shape, or form. And so if we're going to have that perception, we're going to understand that God is at work in us and giving us these godly impressions. And sometimes we think it's very difficult to do that, but it's not really that difficult at all. It's not that difficult at all. It starts with uh, realizing that, um, that God can, how can I say this, that he can move about in a way that's, um, that's not, that doesn't even have to be foreign to us. It can be very familiar to us, but it's based on how far you're willing to go with it. Like I've often experienced, even in the realm of the gifts of the Spirit, and back then certainly the charismatic movement and even today, that the end result of something that God does is dependent upon us. It's not that He stops it, but it's because we stop it. So God doesn't introduce a movement for a season and says, so that was my move, but He adds to it. And I've discovered that we as a church have often accepted movements as times and seasons and then have left them behind us, write books about them, tell about the past, you know, and do no longer include them in the future. 
But I'm of the opinion that God adds to everything that he does. So when he introduced the gifts of the Spirit, which was already with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you know, that they're still valid today. They still should be active today in the church. In other words, we should still be stretching ourselves out and seeking for those things. We should not be satisfied with the fact that, you know, that those things are not as prominent as they were back then. So we have an obligation to continue on with the Spirit. And he's only going to go as far as we want to go. So, you know, in all the years that Jujet and I have been Christians, we've, we've been growing. We, we know things now that we surely didn't know 35 or 40, actually been Christians almost 45 years, 45 years ago. You know, when I, first, when I was first teaching that Sunday school class with the revelation that I had, you know, of the end times, you know. And, and uh, I thought that was great, but that's a long time ago, and I've gotten a lot more revelation since then. So, you, you know, your whole life is based on growing and, and moving forward in God. And so, you know, even in the realm of doing the works of God, what you may have tried when you first got saved and may or may not have worked for you, does not have to be the end station. But it's just, you know, that you were willing, you had a willing heart, just didn't quite know how the Spirit of God was going to move you to do that. So you've actually, you know, you're actually every day learning more and more in the process, but you need to keep on going. Never accept the fact that, you know, well, I probably have arrived and that's it, but you keep on walking in that realm. I know when I first started moving in the prophetic, it was in a very simple way, but it always intrigued me, and I always wanted to know more about how the Spirit of God moves. So I, I began to go into it deeper, and I began to, you know, to trust God, began to trust the Holy Spirit, began to trust what He was telling me, and just allow Him to use me in that fashion. And as I began to grow, I began to realize this is a very special, a very special uh, relationship that we actually have with the Father. And that we can develop this relationship more and more and more. And the only way I can develop it is through getting to know His Spirit. Because really the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father. He is the Father. He's the Father's heart speaking to us and communicating to us. You know, it's God in spirit form, which is in us. And this is so wonderful to know that He's never far away from us. But He's right there and He's speaking to us all the time. Praise God. So we need to, we need to understand that we need to see the world differently than what we have been. We need to look at the world through the eyes of Jesus. We need to look at the world through, you know, and, and through what God wants to see happen. Like, what does you want to see happen here in this church? What does you want to see happen in Wageningen? You know, what's the purpose of the church? What's the purpose of, you know, coming together here? You know, are we just having a conference or is God giving us assignments today? You know, Jed talked about the prophetic words, you know, why, why does God do that? Okay, in some cases to encourage you and other times to challenge you to have you stretch out and, and go for something that you know he's talked to you about, but you weren't too sure, you know, and he's confirming that. And if you write that down, it's like a vision that God gives you. Habakkuk says, write it down. And if you write it down and begin to read it again and again, you'll get more revelation. You know, and there's a purpose for everything in the face of this world. There's a purpose. There's a reason why you're here today. There's a reason why you were born. There's a reason why you became a Christian. Everything that God has done in your life has a purpose. And I know sometimes we can't understand the direction that God gives our lives, but let me tell you something. God is good. He is good all the time. And everything He does brings good results. And the only thing that's going to thwart that is the enemy who might come in and get the better of you through his lies and get you to move away from God so that you're not operating in his realm anymore. But God's always waiting for you to come back and say, come back, come back, come back into my bosom, come back into my realm, come back in my spirit so I can continue where I left off. And you know something? Everything God's given us is without repentance. He doesn't pull it back. So whatever the calling is in your life, whatever threw you off track, doesn't matter. God's still waiting for you to come back.
just like the lost son. You come back, everything is yours. And the Father just wants you to know today that you are very precious. And that He has a place for you and He has a calling on your life. And He wants to connect with you in the spirit realm like never before. And all He's asking us to do is to be open to that. And to just receive that. And just allow the spirit to have the best of us. Amen. God doesn't want the rest of you. He wants the best of you. In every aspect and in every way. Amen. And that does not mean that you've got to be on your knees eight hours a day pleading with God. Please don't do that. You know, be a person of prayer. Be a person of reading the Word of God. But don't get religious on me. Okay? Don't get religious on me. Just get in touch with the Holy Spirit. He's not far away. And it doesn't take much to make that connection even on a daily basis. You know, one of the things I do when I go to work every day, I say, Lord, is it open my eyes? And open my ears that I may see and that I may perceive what you're saying to me today. I know it's, it's a day at work. I understand I'm going to see the same colleagues I see every day. Probably do a lot of the same work I do every day. But Father, let something be different about this day in some shape or form. And allow me to, to, to see it and to hear it and, and to, you know, to do something with it. Because that's, that's what I desire so that I can grow. Are you there this morning? Is that what you want this morning? Hallelujah. Why don't you stand up with me? I want to do some ministry. <clears throat> yes, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. There's some people here this morning, and um, I felt like um, you have suffered some disappointments in the area of, uh, you know, I don't know, it felt like you were on track and then you got off track a little bit. And, but the Father loves you and He's pulling you back on track again. Um, maybe some disappointments, some, some failures, some areas where you've been struggling. Um, but also in an area, I know this, where you find it difficult to really not look at circumstances as the world presents them to you, but to begin to look at them as God would have you see them. I just want to minister. I want to minister to some of those people today. I want to really just encourage you, and I want to bless. Now, if you've been up here last night, please don't come up again. There's no sense in having you know, two prophecies over your life that would just confuse you. Or often what we hear is that the same thing. We've had people come up in different meetings, and then uh, they've gone to Georgette, and they said, uh, he says the same thing every time. He said, well, he doesn't know you that well. I said, probably means that you haven't done anything with it the first time, and you're not going to get anything new until you do. And that is so true. That is so true. I know we don't like to hear that, but so please don't do that. But there's others here this morning I'd like to minister to. And um, I just, I just want to encourage you this morning to really begin to walk into that realm that God has designed for us. Yeah? I said to you last night, this body is a temple. It houses the Holy Spirit. You know, when, when the time on earth is finished, this temple will be gone. The Holy Spirit will still be there. You know, we're going to get a new body. We're going to go see Jesus. Hallelujah. But, you know, in the time we have here on earth, you know, we've got the most powerful thing that God could have ever given right on the inside of us, and that's His 